here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. 825, you are with SAFM 104 to 107. Terence, uh, asking for yesterday's recipe for the spicy yoga chicken, which was discussed on the show. Terence, I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't have it with me now. I'm happy to bring it with me next week. Otherwise, what I would suggest is that you go onto Zolanene's uh, website and look up for the spicy yoga chicken. I mean, I know it was something like a cup of yogurt and then half a cup of garlic and half a cup of herbs and then you leave the um, chicken breasts in the the bag with the the sauce for an hour or something or half an hour and then you grill it. Uh, So check it out um, on the site. That's plus plus minus what it was about, but I do have it at home. I did take it home. So next week. On the line we have Shami Suryanaren, who is the Chief Impact Officer at the Harambee Youth Employment Accelerator. And the reason we're going into the story is that they've just released a report. It's the Breaking Barriers Report. And what they did was they focused on what the data was saying about um, where demand for work is unmet and growing. And there are a couple of insights, three insights to be exact, that came out of that particular report, the Breaking Barriers report. We thought they were interesting and we thought we'd try and break them down into real simple terms for those of us uh, who want to try and understand what unemployment is for young people, etc. So, Shami, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Michelle. So great to be here. Thanks for having me. Shami, let's go to what you reported in the Breaking Barriers issue. And as I say, there were three insights, and I wonder if you could break down those insights as simply as possible. Sure. And thanks again. So I think um, for us at Harambe and in partnership with SA Youth and the Presidential Youth Employment Intervention, we're always keen to understand where are the opportunities for young people So our team looked at, in partnership with the Presidential Youth Employment Intervention, where are jobs that are growing? We know we hear always these doomsday stories of jobless growth, but there are still pockets of opportunity that we know are um, growing and can absorb young people. So we looked at research that says there are sectors that could grow and could, with certain interventions, grow further and faster specifically to absorb young people. So the first insight was that demand exists. It can be addressed by unlocking specific opportunities. And those are in three specific sectors that were, were mentioned in the President's State of the Nation address a few weeks back. Um, and specifically, those are in sectors such as digital and global business services, agri and agri-processing, and I know the, the President mentioned the cannabis industry as well, but importantly also the care and social economy. So the first insight really is that there are jobs that could be unlocked if we had the right set of interventions to address them, to unlock opportunities for young people. So let's break down those three areas. The digital uh, sector, obviously, uh, that's, that's a simple breakdown, but let's do it. The agri-sector, which uh, is fascinating because it does talk to scale, and I was fascinated with the care and social sector as well. Talk to those three. Sure. So 
Digital and Global Business Services is, is a very straightforward one. We have a roadmap to half a million jobs in partnership with the Department of Trade and Industry, um, together with also the Business Process Enabling um, South Africa sector intermediary body. Um, and, and these jobs are great jobs that can come back to South Africa and new jobs that can be created in South Africa in particular. Um, agri and agro-processing, there are so many opportunities for South Africa in horticulture and agri-processing. For example, if you take the blueberry industry and horticulture and small and medium enterprises that can play a role in this space, if we address certain in, 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 um, constraints like infrastructure, logistics, transport, etc., and land rights and regulation, we could actually unlock several hundred thousand opportunities specifically for young people because they can absorb people with fewer skills. The care and social economy is an interesting one. According to the quarterly labor force survey, which is a survey um, obviously that gives data on where young people are employed, care and social economy actually employs a significant number of young people, yet a lot of these jobs aren't long-term and not financially sustainable. And many more opportunities can be unlocked if people are employed in care and social economy opportunities like education. So, for example, if you find a job as a teaching assistant or in an ECD center, someone who is both um, providing care for that young person can return to the labor market more easily, and there's a ripple effect in society that can be created if you invest in these opportunities. So these three sectors we picked based on research in terms of the growth of these sectors, but also the ability to absorb young people quite easily with fewer barriers to entry. You know, Shami, um, when we talk about that, the fact, and in the research you say that uh, 20% of all youth jobs do go actually into this um, ECD, health community, social uh, services, which is actually very exciting. I mean, there's something about that that goes, wow, you know, we, we everybody talks about job losses with regards to 4ID and all of that kind of stuff, but actually that's not necessarily the case here. But in order to do this, you have um, spoken about the fact that we need these um, we need real targeted employment interventions for these emerging sectors. Mm-hmm. So this could be a really great emerging sector. I mean, the numbers are looking great. How do we get a more targeted approach to this? Great question. In, in our view, um, especially the ECD and social sector, it's a highly informal economy that requires specific support. So if you take the COVID-19 pandemic, there was quite a bit of stimulus relief and support available for ECD centers. Unfortunately, not all of them were able to access that, that funding because they either weren't registered or weren't formal enough to be eligible for these um, funding support. If we did, if we enabled ECD centers and similar organizations and micro enterprises to be either registered or move towards the path of formalization, we could actually enable them to access existing funding on the one hand yeah. and serve more and scale and be sustainable, which is really exciting. So there is a little bit of a sweet spot there in terms of interventions. For agri and agri-processing, there are different kinds of interventions, and that's what we talk about in the report. Different sectors and different opportunities require targeted interventions, and it's really important for us to be customized in our approach. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to close off with the last insight, and this may well be the one that like struck me as really valuable, because you, you note that, and I'm quoting you here, our most powerful employment levers aren't fit for an informalizing economy. And it does appear that our economy is growing in the informal space uh, rapidly. And there should be huge and, 
and successful opportunities to engage more in that economy. And we've had people on the show talking about it before. Talk to us about that. Sure. I think our employment levers that were built um, were fit for a large corporate industrial heavy um, economy. So if you think of the employment tax incentives, the CETA structures, triple BEE, etc., we're thinking of how large corporates can take advantage of those, and that's really important still to address. However, many of those incentives can be calibrated to suit emerging micro and so SMEs in, in that space, like I mentioned with the registration of ECD providers, but also the existing ETI incentive and also partnerships, for example, with the Youth Employment um, Service. Yes. Um, how do we allow smaller organizations to take advantage of these existing programs? Because this is something that's already there in the fiscus that if we allow our incentives and employment levers to be recalibrated to suit growing MSMEs, which are the engine force for many economies, then we could potentially unlock even more opportunities for young people to be absorbed into the economy. We look forward to seeing this grow from strength to strength in terms of the work that you are doing. Sharmi, thank you so much for joining us. Sharmi Suryanarin is the Chief Impact Officer at the Harambi Youth Employment Accelerator. They always do such interesting work, and certainly their research is valuable as well, talking to how we look at creating work uh, in different sectors and economies for young people. It's 8.34. I do want to say, Mohoto Uncle P, you made me laugh with your WhatsApp that you sent us. Pirates failing to close the gap. Yep, ain't that the truth?